Are you ready to stop stress, anxiety, and low self-esteem from ruining your life? Join award-winning author and breakthrough expert Dr. Friedman Schaub for Empowerment Radio as he addresses some of the most difficult challenges in our day-to-day lives. Find out how you can use the power of your mind to overcome self-sabotaging patterns and build a solid foundation of confidence and self-respect. Learn cutting-edge tools to switch out of survival mode and approach every day with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Here is your host on Empowerment Radio, Dr. Friedman Schaub. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's uh, still the beginning of the year, right? And uh, some of you may have already celebrated the year as an exciting one. And some of you may have already felt like, oh my God, another mountain to climb. This is so hard. And uh, some of you may have just still been in this uh, mode of wondering, so what this year will be about? Will it be about change? Will it be about something new? Will it be about same story again? And will I reach certain life changes and maybe resolutions or goals that I have set myself. I know this whole New New Year's resolutions topic may feel like like an old shoe because most people tell you, well, you do New Year's resolutions, you tell yourself you're going to quit smoking, you're going to eat less, you're going to get fit, spend less time on social media, spend more time with family, learn another language, you name it. But after about 30 to 60 days, all of those New Year's resolutions are forgotten and you just go back into your old routines and you may feel a little bit uh, disappointed or worse about yourself. But again, you're in good company because most people do that. And so in the end, I feel a lot of people, including, by the way, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, give up on New Year's resolutions. Don't want to do it anymore. My resolution is to not have one. Well, it's not really about the New Year resolution, really, that uh, uh, we are talking about today. We are talking about the resolution to make changes in your life that create more happiness, that give you a greater sense of well-being, and to also maybe create more purpose in your life. And That doesn't start at the 1st of January to have those resolutions. You can do this on the 16th of January. You can have this on the 1st of March. And you can learn today from an expert that I have invited to the show on how to make sure that you actually get there. That at the end of this year or the end of a year of following through, you can look back and you can tell yourself, awesome. I really am able to make changes. I really am able to get myself, my lifestyle, whatever it is what I'm focusing on, to that level that I wanted it to have. So are you ready for that? Well, my expert today that I invited is called Jaya Jaya Myra. She is a wellness and lifestyle expert and certainly a go-to media expert when it comes to mind-body wellness, stress management, mindfulness, 
food for mood, natural, healthy living, and so on. She is the uh, author of Vibrational Healing, Attain Balance and Wholeness. There is a new book coming out in October that we're going to talk about, which is about purpose and the soul of purpose, it's called. She is a motivational speaker. She has a fascinating TEDx talk and, and has certainly a lot to share on the topic on how to make goals and how to make resolutions actually work for you rather than creating them as another reason to feel disappointed in yourself. So thank you so much, Myra, for being on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's always a joy to be talking with you. Well, so I want to just to go quickly back to this um, TEDx talk that I uh, mentioned, because I think it explains a little bit how you came into the field of wellness and healing and, and also purpose and happiness. And because this is not necessarily how you set out your life to be originally, but, uh, you know, your journey is a fascinating one. So, yeah, share a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So last year, uh, well, a little over a year ago now, I had the opportunity to give a TEDx talk. And mm -hmm. the topic was, is purpose the key to health and wellness? I love that topic. It's really it, great. It's so important, too, because a lot of people don't understand the intrinsic connections between living your purpose, being happy, and how this actually affects your physical, mental, and emotional health and well-being. I mean, even science now knows the direct connections between purpose and better health, but I think it's something that we still have to catch up with because we think about physical health and well-being being about, like, oh, if you get sick, take this medication, or oh, go and exercise, have a fitness routine. But there's really so much about your mental and emotional well-being and the importance that all of that plays into your physical health. Well, and you had your own journey there, right? I mean, you actually healed yourself yes. from something a lot of people say you cannot really get well from. That's very true. When I was in my mid-20s, I was diagnosed with really debilitating fibromyalgia, and it caused me to lose everything in my life. I ended up divorced. My home was foreclosed on. I had to declare bankruptcy. I didn't even have anywhere to stay at the time. It, it was a horrible situation for me. And then the icing on that cake was that Western medicine not only didn't make me better, it made me worse. So I was forced to find ways to heal myself naturally because nothing that doctors tried was effective for me. And I was successful. It took a couple of years to get to a place of being fully better and a lot of trial and error but I did get better. And a lot of that was on a platform of meditation, like just adapting, mm. having a daily meditation routine, then making like dietary changes and really changing my life around to be more in alignment with my purpose, no longer doing things that I, I didn't want to do. I was working as a research scientist because I've always wanted to help people be well. And of course, you either do that through science or medicine, right? So uh, that's what I thought as a kid, at least. But I was, I'm very grateful now that my childhood aspiration was to help people get better. And that's exactly the, the path that I've been led on. It wasn't through the conventional mm -hmm. means that I thought, but in helping people understand how if you really work to support your mental health and your emotional health and you live your purpose, your physical health is going to be a part of that. And you are much more apt to stay healthy. Well, that is really, you know, in some ways parallel to my story of helping people 
no longer in the conventional way that I thought of as a physician and, uh, and certainly help people more on the mental emotional level. But I'm wondering if looking back with fibromyalgia, and I know a lot of the listeners at least know someone who has that. And uh, with that goes often also that, uh, that uh, burnout or feeling low energy in general. And, uh, do you uh, do you see there is a connection to your mental emotional state when you had the onset of that illness and uh, now that you look back on your journey was resolving whatever mentally emotionally may have been a part of the fibromyalgia also a part of your healing journey? I think so definitely. Uh, for me, I know that there was things that had happened earlier in my life, uh, abuse that had happened, sexual abuse that had happened that definitely contributed to it from, for me, like it just kind of popped up down the road on a physical level. But also I was not happy at all with what I was doing in my career as a scientist because I was forced to do animal testing and oh. I never understood why you test on animals. Like you kill a living creature to try to make another creature. Well, like that, it just kind of metaphysically, spiritually didn't make any sense to me. And it became a huge issue and conflict of interest for me. So I didn't see any way out of it at the time. And I think like being in that mental state, just it kept going down and down and down and down until eventually uh, I just, I, I couldn't cope with it anymore. And I think that's really what uh, brought on the disease, what made the disease able to manifest itself at that time. So being disabled, and essentially having my whole life destroyed, I found a way to have other options for myself. I mean, it took literally hitting rock bottom and having everything taken away for me to make the changes in my life that I needed. Well, and I think that's sometimes the deeper meaning of illness, that it really makes yeah. us realize of the inner conflicts that we are living in, or it makes Absolutely. us realize that we have to make a, co a course correction, whether we are willingly doing so or not and the more we resist it the more i think this inner resistance that leads to to illness is showing up for us and you know looking back you probably feel like well even though it was hard it was also getting you to that place of purpose that you're now in right oh absolutely i don't ever regret anything difficult happening in my life. I don't regret the situations that I've been put in or what I've had to experience because I think it's all made me who I am. And the greater difficulties that you face, you cultivate more strength to be able to push forward and carry through. And I think be more successful. I think the most successful people in the world are the ones who have had difficulties to overcome and push through it and move forward. Very well said. And uh, I'm glad that you bring up also how kind of the resistance to making the change at that time for you brought up, you know, the illness. And, and that is what New Year's resolutions or any kind of resolutions to make changes can really prevent you from happening. Just to already look at what's not working in my life. It doesn't have to be that in, like in your case, everything has to be turned upside down. In order to prevent this, we can already look at the small things, you know, those things that really can make an impact on our well-being and our overall happiness and focus on those to change. Do you have any New Year's resolutions in this regard? Uh, 
I do, but there are also things that I was doing last year that I'm carrying forward into this year and maybe just amplifying a bit. So it's not like none of my resolutions are things that I'm starting from scratch. I think if I pick New Year's resolutions where I'm starting from scratch, it would be much more difficult to to attain them and to stick with them because it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy and even physical energy to stick with a goal. So for me, uh, I've committed to walking at least 10,000 steps a day. Well, I was already getting six to 8,000 steps a day at least before. So this is just like taking that up a notch more. Uh, doing a minute of plank pose a day. You know, simple things that I can actually stick with and know that I'm going to be successful with. And yeah. they're things that I enjoy. I enjoy going for daily walks. That's very important for my my mental well-being and my peace of mind. So it's a habit that I've already cultivated. It's something that makes me happy. And I think that that's a huge key to being successful is make a resolution that is something that you enjoy doing. Because most of the time we make resolutions for things we've never been able to accomplish and don't want to do. That's never going to be successful for you. It's like there's a reason you haven't been successful with it before. You know, pick something that you want to do, that you're good at, that makes you happy. If you can prioritize those things, you'll be much more successful doing the things that you like doing a lot less. Well, I think that's one of the keys for sure to make goal setting in general work out, that you focus more on what's in it for you than on the problem that you feel like you have to fix or that what's not right with you that you have to change. But we'll talk more about it right after the break. And I'm also very interested in uh, just figuring out how to get this energy of motivation going. I read uh, an article that you wrote about uh, low energy output versus high energy output. And uh, we'll talk more about how that can be useful in New Year's resolutions and making them successful after the break. Stay tuned. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy Obear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy Obear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Many times do you find yourself saying it was nothing next time someone tells you great job you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to courage to be seen radio with host sherry clark sherry clark is an experienced global engineering leader coach and mentor from her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success learn about the aces program how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, 
and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with my guest, uh, Jaya Jaya Myra, and we are talking about New Year's resolutions and how to make them work and how to just really keep on growing and, and moving forward without letting yourself be deflated. Now, one of the things about New Year's resolutions I find so interesting is how to pick the right one. How do you really know which resolution to focus on? So, Myra, do you have any uh, suggestion for that? Uh, absolutely, I do. I think the right resolution is something that when you think about it, it makes you feel good. Or as Marie Kondo would say, it sparks joy. If you think about something, it literally should make you happy. If it feels like it's going to be an uphill battle, like, ugh, I got to go do this. That is not something you should be putting as your New Year's resolution. It's something you should focus on during the year, but don't make it a resolution. Because whenever you make a resolution and then you're not able to keep it, you're going to be harder on yourself. You're going to feel like you failed more. So pick resolutions that are easier for you to stick with because you enjoy them. Anytime you enjoy something or you're happy about it, you literally have more energy, more motivation, more oomph to get it done. So stick with something positive that makes you feel good and you're going to be much more inclined to be successful with that and keep it. But see, this is the hard part, I think, for a lot of people because they're picking the problems as their solutions. Yeah. Like That's the, what the, most the, everyone does. It's a total shift in the way you're thinking about it. It's like you got to start thinking about, hey, what can I do to make me feel good as opposed to what should I be doing to make me feel good? That's right. There's a now two let's, <laughs> let's say, for example, someone says, you know, I need to lose 50 pounds. My knees are aching. I have prediabetes and my doctor always frowns when he sees me. That doesn't feel necessarily immediately good to think about, oh, I have to change my diet or I have to work out more or I have to do something that I really don't want to do because it seems like a lot of hard work. 
So how do you shift from focusing on those 50 pounds that feel like climbing Mount Everest to actually having the same goal, but having it in a frame that makes you feel good? Well, I've actually been using the Noom app for this last year, which is about sustainable weight loss. And even it talks about focusing on the things that you can do and not the ones that you can't do. It's more of a mm. positive mindfulness strategy. I yeah. actually did have a goal of losing weight last year. I've lost over 20 pounds and I've kept it off. I was like no yo-yoing or anything. And it's always about these small, sustainable things that you can do each and every day. So really, if your goal was to lose weight, Maybe focus on what you can do that's going to help you reach that goal. Make it more actionable and attainable. Maybe that's getting in your steps every day. Walking is great for weight loss. Keeping your heart rate down in that fat burn range and not in the cardio range is a great way to do that. So walking is wonderful. Uh, what else can you do? As long as you're happy, you're going to stay more active. We tend to get bogged down mentally, like the more that we're sitting still or sitting at a desk. So getting up, moving around, being more active. Those things are going to help you no matter what your resolutions are. It gets your energy flowing, keeps you happy. Uh, and one of my favorite things to do is to incorporate foods into your diet that are going to help to stimulate neurotransmitter production in the body. So we need healthy neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin and norepinephrine so that you have energy and motivation and so that you feel relaxed and not stressed out. If you're stressed out or you're anxiety prone, you're not going to be able to keep those goals. So eat foods that are going to support that right biochemical uh, pathway and process in the body that you're going to be getting all those happy, feel-good hormones that you need to succeed. And I think, you know, that's such a good advice that this idea of looking at something that makes you happy gets you much further then looking at that, what's still not there where you want to, to be. And, and for that, I think it's uh, also seeing the progress that you're making. I think a lot of uh, New Year's resolutions get tossed by the wayside because we become impatient and we are feeling like, well, I'm still not there and it's so hard. And, and it's like a one goal. It's like an all or nothing. Either I'm going to get the 50 pounds less or I'm going to reach you yeah. know, the goal of, you know, uh, spending uh, less time on social media. And as soon as we are falling back or as soon as we don't see progress, we feel like, oh, it's not working. And we don't see the incremental process, uh, progress we are making. And, and we are also not necessarily focusing on how good it already can feel to make those little progresses. And I think oh, that's absolutely. how we are unfortunately often raised. Well, and I think a part of the problem is that we see it as an end goal, kind of like a shallow, hollow thing. Like we don't actually befriend it. If you befriend something, you have to make it a construct and a whole entity that you're nurturing with love, like becoming friends with something. Think about anything that you have a goal that you need to become friends with it. If you're friends with it, you're going to nurture it and love it and support it. If it's not something that you're friends with, if it's a goal that you haven't been able to attain, you're probably scared of that goal. And so you're going to keep it at a distance. And anything that you keep at a distance, you're much less apt to give the energy that you need to it in order to succeed. So think about it in terms of like a living, breathing entity or structure that you need to make like your BFF if you want to be successful. That's beautiful. And I like to tell people also that uh, it's, it's a good idea to really own 
the goal at something that is about you giving back to yourself. You know, when oh, we are absolutely. saying like, you know, uh, I want to be healthier, I want to be more fit, I'm committing to going earlier to bed, I'm committing to uh, going to the gym. You know, all of those things are kind of uh, almost like, you know, uh, something that we cannot relate to if we never done it. And so it feels something right. outside of you. It feels more, you know, intangible because, yeah, we don't own it. But if we are saying every time I go there, every time I do something, I actually see this as a sign of self-love, of a sign of I respect myself, I care about myself and give myself this gift of that time spent. Then we are also, like you said, befriending the goal and we are owning it and uh, we're making it much more easier, a part of our daily happiness than as something that we just have to check off and, you know, with gritted T's get through. Absolutely. And anytime you can make it personal to your experience, this is why I love working with five elements. Elements correspond to your senses of like smell, taste, sight, touch and, and hearing or, or mm. sound. So whenever you think like, hey, you gave the goal about let's get a better night's sleep. Let's go to bed early. So the end goal is to sleep better. How is that going to affect me in my day-to-day -day life? So say you wake up the next morning and you feel rested. What does that mean for those sensory perceptions? Does it mean like you're going to be less stressed out? So like you're, like you're, you're less fidgety, that you're going to be able to be more focused and clear in what you're doing that you're not going to go and eat everything in sight and be as hungry because you don't have anxiety and you're not exhausted and you're trying to get uh, nourishment and energy because you didn't get the energy from sleep where you should start relating it to how it's making your life better and focus on that tangible feeling that you get from it. That's going to make it more real, more concrete. And you're going to remember that the next time you're confronted with do I stay up and watch like another episode of the show or do I go to bed now and get the sleep that I need now how do you deal with uh, the the conflict you know you had uh, mentioned the the conflict you had between being uh, a dutiful uh, science uh, or research scientist who you know wants to do a good job and at the same time feeling like this is not for me at all and this is actually really completely wrong what I'm doing. Now, a lot of people have conflicts with their New Year's resolutions, where yeah. on the one hand, they want to change, but then there is something that says, no, don't change. If I had clients that told me honestly that they are afraid of losing weight because there is a part of them that says, once I lose weight, I'm getting too much attention, unwanted attention. Mm -hmm. Or when I stop smoking, I don't have any minute for myself anymore this five minute of being outside and finally being able to shut off all the people around me, that feels so good. I don't want to give it up. So how do you deal with that conflict? I think it relates to one of the cornerstones of my well method, which is to look at things from a place of love instead of fear. So it's very easy to make a fear-based projection of what we think might or could happen if we reach goals. Like you said, I don't want to lose weight because if I do, I'm going to get unwanted attention. Well, you might also get wanted attention. You're definitely going to feel better physically. You're going to have more focus and clarity. You're going to have more energy. You're going to be more productive and you're probably going to feel better about yourself. Getting unwanted attention is nothing in comparison to all the positives that you're going to get out of that experience as well. So when the mind only goes to the negative, 
it, it's only thinking about like one or two or three negative possibilities instead of all of the things that are actually positive about a particular situation. And also, you don't know that the negative thing you're thinking is going to come to pass. Maybe it's based on a past experience, but past is not indication of what the future is going to bring for you. You're a new person. You change your psyche and energy every day. It doesn't mean that because this was the way it was before that that's how it will be in the future or because this happened to your friend that it's going to happen to you. So I think it's about looking at a situation in terms of what are the best possible outcomes and what do you want and focusing more on that because the more positivity that you're cultivating, you're going to be able to deal with whatever negative situations come to you anyway, and it's not going to be that difficult. Yes, absolutely. And sometimes we just have to acknowledge that there is something deeper underneath, you know, that there is, like yeah. you mentioned, there may be a trauma, like it was in your case, in you know, your healing path yeah. that uh, needs to be resolved, or there may be a, a things that I'm working with, core limiting subconscious beliefs that are just saying change is bad, you being uh, beautiful is dangerous you getting what you want is not what you deserve. There can be beliefs that are just trying to oh, yeah. in our lives by holding us back from taking the steps that could really make a big difference. Well, that, that's the way you've wired your brain to think. So those neurons are wiring and firing together. It's going to take energy to create new neural connections in the brain. It takes effort. You know, those neurons don't want to like stop wiring and firing together. Like that's what they've been trained to do. So it's normal to not want to change. The mind craves consistency, even with whatever you're consistent with is not good for you or not in your best interest. It just knows that this is what it's been doing and this is what it wants to keep doing. So right. whenever you're trying to adapt something new, it's not going to feel good and it's not going to feel comfortable and it's not going to give you the warm fuzzies immediately, even if it's something that's good for you. But when you stay consistent with it, you will start to get those warm fuzzies just because you've been consistent. When we come back, we will talk about what can you do when you actually drop the ball? What can you do when you feel like, well, I tried it so many times. Again, I let myself down. Again, I'm a failure. How can you get back up and try again in a way that actually you do feel? good about yourself and you gain more confidence in yourself so stay tuned we'll be right back how many times do you find yourself saying it was nothing next time someone tells you great job You'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one -on -one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. 
To see your life from an angel's perspective, book a personal consultation with Claire Candy Hoff, angelic walk-in angel Ariel at Angel Healing House. Candy provides intuitive counseling, Reiki, and angel readings in person in Los Angeles or nationally and internationally via phone or Skype. She will channel the practical tools you need to transform your life. Call now, 831-277-3716 or visit angelhealinghouse.com. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit JenRoyster.com for more information. Are you done being afraid to jump into the life that's waiting for you? Are you ready for a real shift? I invite you to tune in every Tuesday with me, Tracy L, on the Tracy L. Clark Show, where we will teach you how to live your extraordinary life. At 8 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio, where I will provide the tools and the steps needed to help you transcend perceived limitations and move forward with an extraordinary life. For more information, visit me at TracyLClark.com. Dream on, fly high, and live adventurously on The Laura Meeks Show. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio as host Laura Meeks guides you in finding your unique gifts and bringing them to life. As a certified life coach, speaker, and veteran bomber pilot for the U.S. Air Force, Laura knows how to follow a dream. She is ready to support you so you can dream on, fly high, and live adventurously. For more information on Laura and her work, Visit flyhighliving.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. I'm here with my guest, Myra, and we are talking about New Year's resolutions and how to approach them in a whole different way, in a way that creates not only success, but also creates an overall sense of well-being and happiness. And before the break, I was asking about what do we do when we have failed multiple times? I just talked yesterday to a client of mine who really promised at the beginning of the year, yes, this year I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to follow through right after this call. I'm going to make a, a phone call to the gym and sign up, and nothing happened. And then she said, you know, oh, I made excuses. Once again, I let everything get into my way and and I didn't take myself serious enough. What do you do uh, when you are facing your own letting yourself down over and over again? Any suggestions, Myra? Yes, I think that people tend to see goals in terms of all or nothing. Like you either reach your whole goal and if you don't, you haven't accomplished anything. And that's just not true, especially when it comes to weight loss. When it comes to anything, it doesn't matter what your goal is. Like I said, my goal earlier was getting 10,000 steps a day. So it definitely does not make me a failure. If I only get 8,000 steps, it means that I've done 8,000 steps. That's, that's wonderful. That's amazing. I'm still accomplishing the same goals at the end of the day that I would have by making my goal 10,000 steps. So I think one of the ways that people can get beyond this all or nothing mentality is to think about 
why did you set your particular goal to begin with? It's probably because it's an actionable thing you can do to fulfill a larger goal of yours. Maybe getting 10,000 steps a day is so that you can be healthier and have more energy. Well, I didn't do 10,000 steps, but do I still feel healthier and have more energy because I'm staying more active? Yeah, definitely. As long as you get some steps in a day, you're going to be moving towards that ultimate goal. So part of it is knowing when it's okay that you've not reached a goal, thinking of it in terms of the bigger picture and making sure that what you're doing is leading you in the right direction because we're never going to keep up with everything 100% of the time. I mean, human beings are not meant to be perfect. We're, we're perfect just the way that we are right now. We don't need to attain something to get to that way. So it's just well, about changing you, you are just so kind to yourself. <laughs> uh, it's taken a lot of work to get there. Let me tell you, it's not, it does not come naturally, but you have to do this if you want to have peace of mind and sanity. I mean, I am like way too busy. I need to have peace of mind and sanity in my life and recognize that, hey, it's okay. I have not gone to the gym at all this week because I have been working uh, crazy, crazy hours running my own business. But you know what? I've been getting in my minute of plank pose. I've been getting in my 10,000 steps a day. So I'm still doing things to get me towards that end goal. And at the end of the day, missing like one week or missing three days at the gym that I could have gone it is not gonna make or break anything like I'm still gonna go this weekend I'm still gonna get in two days oh two days versus four I'm not gonna beat myself up about that so there are three things that you just beautifully package together one is that you're as I said kind and have understanding for yourself and you're not seeing yourself as the enemy that you have to fight but someone that you actually want to support that's the other right. that you also have patience and you don't feel like it has doesn't have to happen overnight. It's a long-term goal that you are gradually moving towards. And the third thing is that I feel like you trust yourself. You know, that is something we often don't do, that we are feeling like, well, unless I don't have, you know, unless I have the the goal not right in front of me and I reach it every day and I have the leash very tight and I push myself very hard, just like my parents pushed me very hard and just like my teachers pushed me very hard. I will not get there. I know myself. I will be on the couch eating potato chips, doing nothing. And that's a lack of, lack of trust and telling yourself that you have to do all or there will nothing happen is basically setting yourself up for failure. Because in Absolutely. that moment, you will not be able to meet this expectation. And if you don't meet expectations, then you're telling yourself, I cannot trust myself. I don't believe in myself. So your approach is perfect. Your approach is absolutely something that gets you gradually also in a place of confidence. I know I don't let absolutely. myself. And absolutely. I know People have too many expectations. Drop the expectations and you'll be happy, right? I mean, you hear this from mindfulness people all the time, and I don't mean to sound so cliche, but it's more about understanding why do you have that expectation for yourself? Look yeah. more at the end goal and not like that one little thing that you didn't do. Look at everything that you are doing to reach your ultimate goal. That is much more important than that small, tiny thing that you didn't have the chance to do today. Well, if... Any of the callers have a question for us, call 1-800-930-2819. Again, that is 1-800-930-2819. And, and Myra, how can people know more about your work, your books, your talks, and so on? How can they find you? 
Oh, I am so easy to find online. Jaya Jaya Myra, everything at Jaya Jaya Myra on all social media channels. My website is jayajayamyra.com. You can look that up on Wikipedia. Uh, very, very easy to find. Excellent. Perfect. Now, you mentioned uh, the well method yes. and also a way to use it as a toolbox for New Year's resolutions. Tell us a little bit more yeah. about the well method. Absolutely. So I'm super excited to be talking a lot more about my well method in the upcoming book. So you can learn a lot more about it there. But the really cool thing about it is, is that it's giving you four cornerstones using the word well, W-E-L-L, -L, as an acronym for successful, purpose-filled, healthy living. It's going to help you to change your mindset in a way that you're focused more on these positive things that we've been talking about and less on the negative things like that you're not accomplishing. So the W stands for work-life harmony. I hate the word balance. I don't think we're ever balanced. And harmony to me is more about synergy. What can you do to synergize what's going on with your mind, body, and soul so that it's nurturing all the other aspects together? Anytime one and one can add up to five, it's a win-win situation for you. So work-life balance really comes down to understanding what is important to you to cultivate with your career, your job. If you're a stay-at-home mom, that's still your work, whatever it is that you're doing. What is it that you need to feel happy and fulfilled? Like we've all got different goals. It's not one size fits all. Maybe you need to be out of work by 4 p.m. every day to go get your kid. Maybe you need to know that you're going to be able to go to your kid's sports games, like if you're a parent. Maybe you need to know that you're going to have time off to go to a doctor to take care of a health situation. And a lot of times uh, people, employees are just not clear on what is important to them. So then they don't ask for it. And then if you don't ask, you're never going to get it. So that one is about gaining clarity for yourself so that you can advocate for yourself with your employer. Employers are having to be much more competitive nowadays to retain top talent. And you can usually negotiate something that's going to work for you. That's going to be a custom situation. Maybe it's working from home a couple days a week. You know, whatever it is, know what your goal is, advocate for it, know what's going to make you happy. And if your current employer won't give that to you, you can always uh, job hunt for a, a new job, right? And then uh, unless you are your own employer, <laughs> well, then you got to have a strong talk with yourself. If you're not giving yourself exactly. what you need to succeed, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, the E I love the whole E thing. It's expect excellence. So expecting excellence in yourself is recognizing that you are capable of doing great things when you don't limit yourself with expectations and false beliefs and you set realistic attainable goals for yourself. So what can you do every day to expect excellence out of yourself? What is enabling excellence in yourself and what are you doing to enable excellence in others? It, maybe that means you have a daily meditation practice. Maybe you have a daily tea time, self-care routine, something like that you're doing that's just for you to make yourself happy. Maybe you make it a habit to smile at someone every day. It's whatever you can do, small, realistic, attainable things that are going to make you a better version of yourself. So what is excellence? How would you define excellence? Oh, excellence is you when you are living your purpose and feeling fulfilled and happy because we're given everything that we need to succeed. Your purpose, everything that has shaped your purpose is the same thing that shapes your body type, your constitution type, your talents, your strengths. Everything was given to you so that you can fulfill your purpose. It's actually created from purpose. So if I look at someone's body type, I can see their elemental composition. If I know your elemental composition, I can have a very good idea of what your strengths and talents and weaknesses are. And that's also going to tell me the kind of things you're going to be more apt to be prone to or gravitate to in life. 
So expecting excellence is basically, it's like that spiritual connection with you and yourself and God and doing those things that you're honoring yourself, honoring your talents, making yourself a better version of you. And then that is just going to keep building more success and more happiness and prosperity in your life. Very nice. And L? So the two L's are live your purpose. And we talked a little bit just now about why purpose is so important because it's literally the fabric that has made you that unique person that you are. And the other L is live with love and not fear. So it's coming from that place of learning to not react to situations, but learning to consciously respond from a place of understanding someone else's point of view, understanding the problems and the pitfalls, you know, like just don't be a short fuse, essentially, like take time to listen and be compassionate. Don't let yourself react to situations. You're never going to be happy with what you say or do. And again, if you're living your purpose and you're happy, you're much more likely to come from a place of love in all situations and circumstances than if you're not happy and not living your purpose. Now, you and I are good examples of having not lived our purpose and having made uh, major course corrections major. To, to find this. Yet, a lot of people are saying, well, this sounds very good, but... I know that I have to keep my job to bring food to the table and I hate my job, but that is what I need to do because that's my obligation to my family yeah. or to get health benefits and so on and so on. So how do you help people to see that they have other options and how do you help people that say, I have no clue about my purpose at all. Purpose, purpose. I mean, tell me more about how to find that. Well, get my upcoming book because it's got a whole purpose plan in there. But well, that's in October. Out. That's a long time. <laughs> Actually, next January, we bumped it a little bit to New Year, New You. So that's a whole year away. But you can oh start by understanding your innate talents and your gifts. That is really a clue as to what your purpose is. If you've got strengths and talents, you're meant to be using them. So I like looking at an elemental model like the five elements because they correspond with different strengths and weaknesses in your personality. So for me, it's about using your strengths to minimize your weaknesses and understanding how all your strengths pair together and what you can do for yourself. So yeah, maybe not everyone feels that they're living their purpose with their job because like you said, they need to have a job, be responsible, take care of your family. Well, I'm really glad everything was taken away from me because I wouldn't have walked away on my own either. I wouldn't have known what to do. It destroyed my life and I was not happy for a long time, but it, that let me rebuild. But for people who don't want to go through those kind of traumatic situations, you got to at least start utilizing your talents and your gifts in your free time in a way that's making you happy. That may clue you in into something that you can do to shift that into your career a little bit more easily, but it's not going to happen unless you start working with it. And does purpose really have to be about career? It doesn't have to be, but if you're able to live and do what you love doing each and every day, you're never going to feel like you're working a day in your life. Yeah, that sounds always wonderful, but it's unfortunately not always what people are always, able to create. No. But, you I, know, I, I mean, you are an example of also doing some nonprofit work that is very purposeful. And uh, again, it's nonprofit, so it's not your day-to-day -day job, but you feel, I'm sure, very fulfilled in that. So tell us a bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I love working with my nonprofit organization. It's called Gita for the Masses, and our goal is to promote conscious character development, interreligious dialogue, and interfaith harmony. 
So conscious character development is synonymous with expecting excellence in yourself. It's what can you do to grow, be a more conscious, attentive, uh, loving, compassionate version of yourself so that you're able to make a bigger impact in the world and make the world a better place. And, and yeah, nonprofits, you know, money doesn't like go to your board of directors like it does in a company. You know, you don't you don't get like uh, profits or dividends out of that. But it's very fulfilling work that I enjoy. It's like part of like the whole picture of everything that I do. Right. And yeah, when you get meaning from something, it's just a different form of currency. I mean, exactly. money, money is the most limited form of currency. You need to be getting inner prosperity as another form of currency to where you feel good about it yourself because inner prosperity is your fuel to be successful in anything that you want to do. And I think that's something just to clarify about purpose, which I find is a much, you know, more attainable uh, definition, which, you know, often just helps us to understand you can keep your job, but you can change your energy about what impact you're making. And I'm thinking, for example, about uh, this guy that uh, who's um, really got a lot of uh, attention at a, he's working at a drive through Uh, a fast food restaurant and he is the most upbeat and most positive person and always has something nice to say and always somehow makes people feel better as they are buying their chicken sandwiches and okay. uh, at some point someone said you know i need to just you know put this on facebook or do a little video and of course these things go viral but for him it's not about being famous or it's not about you know being a doctor or anything like that for him it's really about just making people happy and he finds a way to make people happy in the circumstances that he that he is in which is you know serving people fast food so that is something that's something i find also really good to to think about am i good at teaching someone something am i good at uh, yeah bringing a smile into people or am I good at uh, organizing and uh, bringing order into a situation? And, and that doesn't mean that you have to change your job. That may just mean that you have to change your attitude and show really what's inside of you and, and bring Absolutely. those gems to the daily workplace. And that's going to give you more energy and positivity as well so that you're able to do everything else much more effectively. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you have any words of wisdom in general for people as they go along this beginning of the year and uh, and may still look for their purpose or that umph for this year to be their breakthrough year or their year of change? What would you advise in general? I would say create a daily habit that's doing something that you love that is just for you, not for anyone else, not taking care of anyone else's needs. Take at least 15 minutes doing something that is just for you that you love. If you can do this and stick with something that you enjoy doing, you're going to see everything in your life start to change. And what if they are saying, well, I can't because... Uh... I really don't know what I want. I don't really know what makes me feel good. And when I do something that makes me feel good, I feel bad because I feel guilty that I take this time and energy away from others. That's the whole reason that you're doing this is to cultivate the self-care and self-love that you are the most important thing in your world and you are the only one that's truly responsible for taking care of you. This is about changing your perception and everything in life and how you relate to yourself and accept yourself. And if you keep doing it, 
you will definitely get there. But if you have an hour to listen to this podcast, if you've got the average person is on social media 45 minutes or more a day, if you fall into that category, you can definitely take 15 minutes a day to do something nice for yourself. It's just a matter of prioritizing it and, you know, maybe multitasking. Listen to a podcast, do social media while you're sitting with a cup of tea or you're, you're like reading a book or a magazine. You just got to take the time and make it your top priority and then it will happen. And do you find in this regard it's important to do something when you say good for yourself that also is using your senses, meaning that I you're really so. not just feeling your head, but all the other senses are involved? I think so, because anytime you're able to connect a sensory perception to your experience, it's going to root itself in your memory more and make it more tangible and real for you. If you're not able to connect your senses to it, it's not going to be as impactful in your life. So it, the more senses you can connect with the experience, you're going to transform more quickly, both your mindset, the way that you feel about it, and make it uh, more tangible and sustainable for you. In which sense do you find is the most powerful for you to utilize? Well, my, st my top strongest elements are earth and fire. So definitely uh, smell and sight. Like those are two very, very powerful. I mean, and sound as well. Sound is like very powerful and transformative for me. Uh, taste and touch are not as important as like, like the, the visual element or hearing or smelling. Hmm. And that's really uh, something I find very effective also in my work when uh, we are you know, about to do a new habit or change something just to add some music in the background that motivates yeah. you or makes you music. happy. Or like or, aromatherapy for smell, yes. whatever's going to work for you. It's like I, I've always got some kind of like a aromatherapy roller sitting on my desk because that helps me to connect more and like get in and focus and do what I need to do. And it's also a nice connection then later on, as soon as you have that sound or as soon as you have that smell, you are already in that state of motivation and that state of making a yeah. difference in your life. So it's definitely a little anchor that you're Absolutely. also creating for yourself. That's right. And you're honoring yourself when you honor your primary elements too. When you honor the things you're already strong in, the things that correlate to that, that is a way of showing self-respect. Well, Myra, unfortunately, we are already at the end, but it was such a joy to have you on the show. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your enthusiasm and your positivity and uh, helping us to just see resolutions no longer as daunting tasks that we are bound to fail, but actually reasons to be more happy, more kind, and more trusting with ourselves. So I really appreciate for you, for you to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, another Empowerment Radio program is unfortunately over. So stay tuned for the next one. And until then, do exactly what we just talked about. Be kind to yourself and trust in your ability to reach the excellence that your heart and your soul desire. Until then, goodbye. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com.